Have you heard of transactional analysis before? Transactional analysis, sometimes TA, is all about understanding the psychology of human relationships, sometimes the hidden feelings and emotions which explains patterns of behavior. And my guest this week is called Clive van der Wachen. He's based in South Africa, and he's someone who finds this tool extremely valuable. He calls it a modality which focuses on the psychology of human relationships and even as or construed as an operating system for human interactions. Very powerful stuff. So in this week's episode, we're going to ask Clive all about his work with TA. He's even given a TED Talk on the topic of leadership lessons and transactional analysis is very close to his heart. In fact, it's something which he uses in a whole range of services with his clients. So I want to understand what Clive's understanding is of TA, where he uses it, the kinds of clients he uses TA with, where it's applied, for example, in an organizational setting as a product or service used by people like you and me. And of course, then towards the end, what is his brand? How is he generating leads with this? The kinds of work he does and so on. Very, very interesting episode this week. This is the Training Business Podcast. Hey, and welcome to the trainingbusiness.com podcast. Every week, we bring you exciting news and interviews with training business experts and training business entrepreneurs from around the world. Thanks for tuning into today's episode. Here's your host, Mark Garrett-Hayes. Hey, my name is Mark, and this is the show for people like you and me. If you're someone who works with clients, serving them through products and services that relate to your expertise, your certification, then this is the show for you. If you want to or currently already make money, generate business from your intellectual property, your programs, your models, your courses, your workshops, this is the show for you. And it's the show for me because I learned so much from having guests on the show. And every Thursday, we have guests. Sometimes it's a solo episode, as was the case last week. But usually we've got guests on the show to help you with their ideas, insights, and inspiration. And as I said before the music, my guest this week, Clive van der Wachen, is based in South Africa. And he's someone who finds a great deal of value in using what's called TA or transactional analysis. And I also mentioned a book, which is something you might want to look at called Games People Play, The Psychology of Human Relationships. Clive, welcome to the show. Thank you very much for having me. So we are along, we're about 12,000 miles apart. Um, let's start with, with you right now. Um, what is your brand and, and what do you do? So my name is Clive van der Wachen, and I am based in South Africa. I work as a consultant, a trainer, and a coach um, specializing in transactional anal analysis and emotional intelligence. I run a company called Ready People, which is a training and coaching consultancy. And basically, I work with corporates mostly and individuals in the leadership space predominantly, and I get people to just work a bit differently. It's about bringing humanity back into business is really where I, I kind of place myself. Yeah. And um, how did you get into training? I'm curious. 
So, oh, so I, I was always a bit of a frustrated teacher, but my dad forced me not to go into teaching because, um, you know, salaries, et cetera. So, and I'm mm. grateful he did because salaries, et cetera. Um, so I, but I always wanted to teach and I actually went into journalism and media studies and was working for a publishing house and started, they didn't have a training department. So I started the training department just to okay. start getting people, you know, some extra, you know, in stimulus really. And from there left, left the, the publishing house and went to work for a group of industrial psychologists who trained transactional analysis. And that's where I was introduced to TA. And that's where I really started my journey as a trainer and a coach as a, in a full-time capacity. Yeah. Okay. So we're going to come this morning to that main theme, which is for people listening, what exactly transactional analysis is and um, maybe how people can apply it. So we'll cover a couple of things this morning. Uh, uh, next, I'd like to ask you about the kinds of organizations you work with and what we can do, Clive, in, in answering this is, is explain to us why someone would want TA specifically. Sure. So I work predominantly in the financial sector. Um, that's okay. been my main base of work. I also work in the hospitality industry quite significantly, but I have worked across, I have worked from primary schools right through, you know, to security companies uh, because TA is that accessible. Uh, and really why, why people should consider the modality as an influence in their company is because what TA does is it's, it gives people an opportunity to choose to respond rather than react. It's very much about people being in the here and now and being mindful. And it's about making decisions that are qualified, that are relationship-based, and that are task-based as well. A lot of people think that when you speak about being in soft skills, for example, that I'm going to talk about all the fluffy stuff and how we must be nice to each other. But TA doesn't. It it mixes connection and it mixes task. It says that connection is what builds relationship. Task is what builds trust. Those two together build results and ultimately that builds revenue. Okay. Um, it's It almost sounds like um, an element of um, psychology. So if we step back for a second, where has TA come from? I mean, when you first encountered this, was it made clear to you? which circumstances or context in which um, TA or transactional analysis could be applied? Yeah, uh, so it was. It is a, a, a modality of uh, within the psychological space. Mm -hmm. um, Eric Byrne developed in in the nineteen fifties and sixties. He uh, he broke away from the Freudian kind of therapeutic style of keeping people in therapy for a long time, and he felt that people could become autonomous is really the aim of transactional analysis. So he, he felt that people could become autonomous in a far more effective and quicker way. So he developed this theory and the main theory is based, it was initially started around what's called the ego states. We can go into that. Okay. And what happened was, is that it started off in the therapeutic realm and has since developed, he died uh, quite suddenly actually. And he was, he was in his sixties and it's been taken on by a whole bunch of TA practitioners since then and developed into a field that, uh, that, that spans across the educational space, the counseling space, the therapeutic space and the organizational space. So when I was introduced to it, I was introduced to it within the organizational context. So I don't use it in therapy, but it, 
because it deals with the psychology of human relationships and how to make people work autonomously. Um, uh, it's it's applicable across so many different areas and is hugely accessible within almost any industry. Okay. So are there particular circumstances where someone listening to this might say, okay, that's a tool I could use in a training session or in facilitating some kind of workshop? Well, absolutely. So the thing about TA is TA is, is pers- first of all, as a personal journey, it's very mm-hmm. good because TA is about self-awareness ultimately. And it's about the fact that people can change. Where organizationally it's very effective is around creating change. So okay. if somebody says is is in in the in the space where they want things to be different from the way they are within their organization from a people perspective TA is very powerful in getting people to converse in the here and now not using past scripts and trust issues and things like that which TA goes into and allows people to talk about change in a way that's that's considered the adult space. It's accessing the rational and the logic and emotional intelligence space. And ultimately, conversation creates change. So it's about getting people to connect in a way that they are fully present in the here and now, rather than coming with past scripts and expectations. Does it in any way refer to or involve this context or paradigm of parent, adult, child. It's exactly that, that. That is it. Okay. So there yeah. are times when we are arguably in a child state where um, having someone dictate to us things and we perhaps feel meek and we're going along with what we're being steered to do or towards. And there are times when we perhaps inadvertently dominate or even perhaps consciously dominate people. And what we need to do is to be more adult in our um conversations and uh, dealings with other people. Is that uh, kind of a summary? It's it's almost there, but it's okay. not. It's, it, TA has evolved from that thinking. The Holy Grail used to be the adult in TA thinking. So it, it, if I can go into kind of the ego sure. states a bit more. So in terms of the child ego state, so the child ego state is the part of us that operates. It has two ways of demonstrating. And there's the free child, which is almost what we're born, behaviors we're, we're born with and that we express as we grow older. So it's like a child running across the road to see a kitty cat. It's almost that spontaneous, creative, and that's what's there. The other side of the child is what you were referring to, which is the adapted part. So that's from our parents and we adapt or any significant elder. And this happens throughout our life. I mean, it doesn't just happen uh, when childhood, but we, we adapt and we either adapt to learn to be submissive and meek, as you said, or we learn to be re- resistant and rebellious. Um, it, it's, we, we, you know, we, we realize that we can stand up to people. So it's learned behavior from the way we were parented. Mm-hmm. Then you have the parent ego state, which is the critical parent, which or the structuring parent, which is the it can be considered dominating, but it's more of the uh kind of it's the disciplinarian, it's mm-hmm. the fault finding, but not in a negative fault finding way. It's someone who is, you know, would drive things forward, there's it sets boundaries, um, is inspiring. That kind of inspirational comes from a critical, it's it's a it's a guiding space. Mm-hmm. And then you've got the nurturing parent, which is the, like its name suggests, which is the looks after, tends to, and, you know, kind of supports other people. 
Now, the parent ego state within us is learned behavior from our parents on how to parent. So the child is, is reactional behavior and the parent behavior is learned behavior. Now, those are both important and we have them operating within us. The adult is the logical, rational here and now. And where the power of the adult is, is that there's something called the integrating adult, which says what is relevant to draw on now? Should I draw on a parent space? Does this person in front of me need a nurturing space? Do they need a boundary setting space? Do they need me to just be free child and energetic and play with them? Or do they need to be, do I need to, you know, get into just a cooperate team, team style? Or do I just need to have a conversation adult to adult? So what it does is that it, it goes to the space of emotional intelligence to say, I can choose which ego state to be in because all the ego states operate within us and children need parents. And sometimes adults are in the child ego state and may need a parent to respond to get them into a place where we can get the job done in the adult. So it sounds like a highly relevant tool. Where would someone as a, a trainer or coach be required to use this with a client? Can you give me an example, let's say, of a, a need an organization has where they're willing to pay someone to come in and use this TA model? Sure. So I use it in mostly within leadership in terms of getting people to lead others effectively. So I use it in terms of how to, that people, because the thing is in an organization, I can't change the way people are treated. I can only change the way people offer tools, which Mm. allow people to respond to the way they're being treated. So what often happens is senior management go, you know, shouts at middle management for, we need results, we need results. They go, yes, 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 meek and mild. And then they pass that fear on uh, to to the the people below them. So what I try and do is I try and get people into to basically stop that script and where relationship can be built so that people can find psychological safety. It's also used very much in the customer experience space. I've done a lot of work in call centers where people who have um, to try and get it, you calm a customer down. Often what we do is, is that, you know, you'll ask, you know, you phone a call center and you say, I need this done. And you say, I've had a terrible day and they ignore that. They just go straight into the task, which is fine. But customer experience says that there's an element of connection. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's what we, we train as well. And then a, a third thing that, that is often very powerful, um, in terms of using it is, um, in terms of culture, uh, culture shift. Because what TA does is it forms a language that we can use as in training, which then allows us to use that in conversations that drive change. So it's often used in a change management space. Um, it's, TA is used to deal with, you can't manage change, but you can deal with transition and TA manages transition. Um, and actually, and the fourth space I use it significantly is in sales, in helping people to build relationships um, where that's required in terms of nurturing accounts, clients, et cetera, to get yeah. sales. So the ones that jump off the page to me are customer experience, for sure, mm-hmm. uh, leadership, and, uh, and sales. Um, so let's take a sample project. You don't have to tell us about specific clients unless you want to, but when would someone say, Clive, we need you for X? 
And, okay. and what, how would you build out, a, let's say, a, a, a delivery or deliverables so that it's a program which they go, got it. We know where to use this, who needs to be on this program and uh, what the results would be. Yeah. So where it, where it happens is I'll give two, two client examples. Um, so I worked in a financial institution. They had a call center, the space that was very task focused. They knew their systems very well, but the clients that they were dealing with were people who needed to be educated on the product. And they were finding that the, the call center agents were almost responding too abruptly. They weren't nurturing the, the client. This was, it was a product developed for people who were unbanked predominantly. So it needed some kind of education. It also needed, it was people who, where English wasn't their first language, for example. So where we came in was we came in with transactional analysis based around empathy and around being able to see what's in front of you so that you can shift out of out of transactional kind of high how are you find you that kind of thing and actually nurture the client to get better customer experience so basically what and it also teaches people to listen because if i'm listening for ego states i'm listening for how to respond so what was happening is is that you could hear people typing away mm, 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 yes in the background but there wasn't a sense of conversation happening between people. And call centers can be awful to deal with. I mean, no one, you know, and, and the reality is a lot of call center agents don't want to be call center agents. It's a job they just find themselves in. So it's investing in them to say that they have some autonomy within their position and they can actually make a difference in someone else's life um, by being kind, by being nurturing, by being, you know, excellent at what they do rather than just getting to the next call where i've also used it was within the same organization but in other organizations as well is within the leadership space so i've gone in a lot in terms of team dynamics especially at middle management where the teams are wanting to either break down silos and kind of step through boundaries that have, have been set up between each other or else where there might be team friction going on. Mm. And what we do is we, we start off with a TA language and then allow that to be the base of the conversation, which we can then get into how to lead more effectively, what teams need in terms of being led, how people are managed better. Because, you know, for example, I, I'm managed better if you let me play. But some people think that playing, you know, the adult ego state gets irritated with someone who plays. But a manager needs to know that if to make me more productive, you have to give me opportunities to play. So it's about getting to know each individual within the team so that you're able to see how each person gets managed rather than a blanket HR policies and processes um, process that you uh, that you need to follow. You were formerly head of people and development at Old Mutual and in South Africa, and you managed a team of HR and training practitioners. I'm reading from your LinkedIn profile here. Yeah. What results did you see from applying this to your role as a leader of people? So the way it started, so it was Old Mutual Eyewise, which is a division of Old Mutual. Right. Um, it's their direct marketing um, company. So it, uh, they, okay. they sell call center agent style. So the first bit of work we did was we did, we worked in the call center space 
And what we did was we went in and taught customer experience. We taught basically listening skills, transactional analysis, response, how to choose where, what is, how to see what's in front of you and how to respond. Mm. What we saw in terms of that was, first of all, it's difficult in terms of being able to say that there were the return on investment was this because soft skills doesn't allow that. But what we definitely did see was, is that there was an increase in sales. Mm -hmm. There was a decrease in customer turnaround time because people were, there was more first call resolution. We also found that there was, um, there were, the call times were shorter, which is significant in a call center because people were hearing the task quicker because they understood what they needed to do rather than being distracted because they were listening. So a lot of people think that if I say to you, you must connect, it's going to mean we're going to chat, but it actually makes the call shorter um, is what we found. And then in terms of the leadership process that we that we had, it it worked significantly in terms of getting people to understand that you cannot be purely task focused. So it became almost a human first endeavor that we went through to try and get people to see that it was that if we if we if we focused on the wellness of people in their emotional wellness and invested in them and it created self-awareness and create helped leaders be aware of how they were leading people would be more productive. So we stepped out of just that task focus um, and moved into, into being more of a leadership kind of human first uh, is really became our focus. And we saw huge impact in terms of that. Um, and also there was a, a kind of a shift in culture. You know, there's writings about the smell of culture um, and there was a different smell in the air. People felt invested in, people felt seen, people felt that they were being trained rather than this, their mindset was being trained, rather than just their skill set. Right. And there's just so much time, so much we could talk about here, because I can see this involving coaching, mentoring. It sounds like a very powerful tool which transcends job titles and seniority levels in an organization. Yeah, absolutely. It's in my personal life. I mean, I, I'm a TA advocate because of what it did for me as a human being um, and being able to see what was coming from past learned behavior that I was bringing into the workplace that had actually nothing to do with the here and now. I was responding to authority from a how a child responded to a parent and was able to navigate that. It helped in my marriage. It was from a very personal perspective because TA is also about rescripting. That's the whole point is that we come with a script that gets written over the years mm-hmm. and we, by self-awareness, we're able to rewrite the script to get to an autonomous place. It's also used significantly. I use it a lot in my coaching. So I use um, an egogram, which is where you do just a, a kind of a measure of what's going on within you in terms of the ego states. And then I've recently been introduced to a model called functional fluency. And functional fluency is based on transactional analysis. And what that does is it's an, it, it provides a way of being able to, to it's, a, it's a model of behavior where you are able to um, see what to, what behaviors to access appropriately and effectively and ineffectively. But it also comes along with what's called an actometric, which is a profile which gives a data-driven 
a dashboard of how you are using your energy within the various ego states to call it that it's not that they called modes in functional fluency so you can see how much time you be spending in an ineffective um, behavior versus an effective behavior and how much you're spending in that accounting space which is the adult space as they call it so that's very helpful because you're able to actually see you know in terms of right here it's it's not a psychometric because it's the aim is to change it. But in terms of the actometric, you're able to see a visual of how you are responding to your here and now and how much of that is based in ineffective behavior, past mm. behavior, and how much of it is in here and now behavior. And you have a huge amount of um, licenses and certifications again on your LinkedIn profile, psychological safety, transactional analysis, 202, um, critical thinking. And I'm obviously impressed by the amount of time and and energy you put into beefing up your qualifications and um, investing in your skill set. What's it been like to to move into self-employment for you, to move into a position where you're really generating your own leads, you're marketing yourself responsible for your own personal development, and, um, and finding clients that uh, need what you do for them? It's 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 a difficult transition because I suppose we become self-employed because we want to do what we're passionate about, but it's that whole yeah. e-myth revisited thing yes. is um you know where you end up having to to have to be a a generalist rather than a specialist, even though often you go in um mm -hmm. to be a specialist. It's been interesting for me. I've, I've really enjoyed it. I, I, I launched my business in February of 2020. In March and April of 2020, the world closed down. Yes. So <laughs> I kind of had a, I had a huge contract that I'd kind of walked into and left Old Mutual to go to this contract, was given 30 days notice and suddenly find myself saying, well, well, what am I going to do? So that was when I started developing material based on TA and and really kind of went out there to start marketing myself. And that was really interesting because I there are all sorts of people out there who have, you know, the sales funnels and the lead magnets and all of that kind of thing. But having a TA base in terms of being able to go out there and be self-employed has been so interesting because it has been about relationship. It has been about referral. I've been very fortunate that I haven't had to create this huge email database. The work has spoken for itself. And so people have moved companies and taken me along to work in their companies. Uh, you know, I, I, I basically the way I put myself out there is to demonstrate the work because the work is what sells it. I can't tell you that TA is going to change you know, the way you, you lead, but give me an hour <laughs> and I'll show you how effective it is. And you'll walk away with a, a skill set you never had before. So that's what's that's what's so powerful about it. But it has been laborious having to do invoicing and doing all of those things that normally, you know, I, I didn't have to worry about. Um, but as I've kind of grown, I've managed to delegate a few of those things. <laughs> and on your LinkedIn profile, you've suggested that you've worked with companies like Henkel, Time Bank, uh, Nedbank. There's a, a huge number of banks. And I, I, in a previous life, was a learning and development manager with responsibility for L&D of a Cape Town-based call center. And that's what I found again and again, the number of um, banks and call centers, huge source of employment in South Africa. Um, you're you're also someone who's delivered a TED talk before, and um, I'm curious about how that's helped you get your name out there and um, 
what you would say to people listening about uh, the benefits of doing that? Interesting question, because the TED Talk came out of left field uh, for me. So I was invited to do the TED Talk. Basically, I just lost the contract and I was thought, how the hell am I going to generate business? So I started putting videos out about mindset and trying to help people to become just kind of more resilient during COVID. And I was interviewing people. I I, I have quite a number of well-known and influential friends and I called on them and I interviewed them and the videos gained traction and it was picked up by a radio station. The radio station then broadcast one of my podcasts that I did. Then that was heard by a TEDx organizer, got invited to, to do the talk. And what's been interesting about it is, is that it's while the talk is not about the work I do, I should, the 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 conference had a had a theme with the TEDx um, event had a theme which I, I kind of tapped into. But what it has done is it's built a level of credibility in terms of me as a speaker that I do have a public platform. I don't market myself as a speaker, but it is something that I can do. Um, but it's also given me, it gave me a sense of confidence that I was on the right track. Um, what I was saying, people said, you know, deserved a voice that could be on a bigger platform. Um, and yeah, the TED Talk has done well. I've had mails from people in all over the world saying that they've watched it and how it's resonated with them. Some people have hated it and that's fine, <laughs> but it has been, yeah. you know, it has been something that people, people get impressed by it. And I'm surprised by that, but people, people feel that it's, that it is an achievement. And I get a lot of requests saying, how do I become a TEDx speaker? And I still have no idea how you become a TEDx speaker. I just became one. <laughs> so yeah, we've, yeah, we've had a few fun. on the show, a few over the years yeah. who've been one guy um five times in fact <clears throat> so I'm, I'm always curious about whether people think it's actually led to paid work because you know i remind people this is the training business podcast training is great but for us as um practitioners business owners we have to focus on things which lead to to revenue so yes. if i said to you what what is the next couple of um months or years look like it's it's we live in unpredictable times, but um, what's your plan for your business going forward? Uh, so it's so difficult because I'm so almost, I'm almost quite scared to do that based on the last three years, because it feels like as soon as you decide to do something, you know, in South Africa, we spoke before we started recording about, you know, the power cuts that we're experiencing. Yeah. So businesses are shifting completely. But that said, what I offer is 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 significant, especially in a country that's struggling. Is struggling. Now, I've I've trained all around the world. I have clients in India and Canada, Hong Kong, etc. But in South Africa, I really do want to focus on leaders and getting people to understand that we have a choice to respond, because especially in the business world right now, it feels like we are being dictated to by the things. Everything feels like it's it's coming at us from different angles. But the only thing we can control is what we can control. And what my training offers is the, the capacity to be able to do that. So 
that's the plan to go forward is to try and reach as many people as possible. I don't have revenue targets and things like that. That's not my style. I am more kind of relationship based. Um, but the, the aim is to eventually also get people to, uh, who I, I have two coaches that are uh, with me as well that I draw on. I don't employ them, but they, they're trained in the TM modality and maybe to in- increase that. Um, and also to increase the consultancy, consultancy space. We want to go in and kind of create quite a bit more culture change around uh, what it really means to be human first, rather than just being an HR poster on the wall. Um, and how do we actually walk the talk and do it sustainably? So for people listening then who are curious about using this, perhaps in their own offerings, they want to, they've been inspired by what you've just said about TA and the power of TA transactional analysis. And I'm, I'm on the receiving end of uh, coaching, and I think it's making sense to me now where some coaches use this specifically with me. Where would you say, or what would you say are the three key tips here for people who want to know more and, and might be interested in acquiring either certification or just even aptitude in TA? Okay. So the first thing is read the book, The Games People Play by Eric Byrne. That's the basic book in terms of, it's quite a dry read now, but it became a, a bestseller. Um, and it's in the 1960s and, and it, it almost did TA a disservice because a lot of people jumped on the TA bandwagon and weren't necessarily uh, kind of entrenched in it. They just used almost a bit of pop psychology view of it. Um, so the games people play is a really good introduction to, to it. Or you can, there are various courses. Uh, I've just seen at Udemy, there's a transactional analysis course, um, that's on offer now. I'm not sure how, how thorough it is, but the reviews seem great. Then in terms of, of going from there, the, the, the next step is really to do what's called the TA 101. Now there are transactional analysis associations all over the world. Um, and there's an international, um, transactional analysis association. I think it's IATAA.com. Um, I'm not sure, um, if you maybe want to link that, but there's an international, um, transactional analysis, um, association and they offer access to, to people who train on the TA 101s. The TA 101 is basically what's needed if you want to start your journey in TA. So in South Africa, I did mine with Karen Pratt and her um, tamatters.co.za. She operates around the world um, and she does very, uh, she's an educational transactional na- an analyst and she, and a certified TA um, practitioner. The next step from there is you can do what I do where I'm on my process to certification. So to be certified isn't a, you don't go through a degree process. It really is hours built up, it's case studies, it's using T becomes certified in TA by using TA, um, which is what's great about it. You know, it's not, you don't have, you don't suddenly get a degree and get thrown into the, you know, in, into the organizational space. Um, there's supervision involved along the way. There's, um, there's a foundation year, done my second year of educational. I'm now working in the organizational TA space. Um, and also, there, you have to do a case study around how you've used TA in an organization. And that's the way you get the steps you can take towards becoming a certified transactional analyst. It's not necessary though. TA is incredibly powerful. The, what I say to people is, you know, do the TA 101 and then get hold of a certified transactional analyst who supervises around that and, and coaches around it and start using it. It's one of those things that 
it's like speaking. You don't speak well until you start speaking. <laughs> and that's what, how TA operates as well. So you mentioned um, TA, uh, you mentioned Karen, it's tamatters.co.za, is that right? Yeah, that's right, yeah. Uh, and what's Karen's last name? Karen Pratt, P-R-A-T. Yeah. Thanks. Uh, the games people play. Yes. Um, you mentioned a course on Udemy and then yes. uh, TA101. Is that a formal name for a program or is that something someone's IP so or the, branding? The TA101 is basically the what's recognized by the International Transactional Analysis Association. And right. what that is, is you have to have done a TA101 to basically start off your journey. Right. TA202s is could be anything. So the, there's no kind of next step what you do is you start a foundational year and start getting your hours in in training but right. the ta 101 is usually a two-day course that is trained by a certified um trainer and all the courses are the same around the world it's a specific ta course that you do to get a to get a grounding and understanding in from ego states scripts life positions through to the games that um, eric burns speaks about and one one last thing, uh, sorry, Clive, you also offer um, a discovery session, right? So people can email you. You've got your email address. You can give that if you'd like. And people can book in a session, discovery session with you to um, chat about how they feel. They could either go on a journey um, with TA or, or hire you as a practitioner for them. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so uh, I, I've got a calendar link, which I send out. If, if anyone wants mm. to get hold of me, my website is www.readypeople.co.za mm. and email address is clive at readypeople.co.za. And I, you can, it's a free, um, discovery session. We have a half an hour or however long it lasts. And basically we talk about what, whether I'm a good fit. Um, if not, I'll pass you on to someone else who might be, but. I work specifically around lead the leadership space, people wanting to be better in terms of business. Mm. So if that's something that people are interested in, then absolutely. If they want to get hold of me to see who works as a personal coach in terms of life coaching using TA, I can also point them in that direction. So again, for people listening, that's Clive at readypeople.co.za or simply the website www.readypeople.co.za. Dot co dot za. Clive, thank you again so much for being my guest this week on the Training Business Podcast. Thank you, Mark. I appreciate it. My sincere thanks to Clive for being my guest this week. And my thanks to you, of course, because this would not be possible without your listenership. The numbers for the podcast are going through the roof. I'm delighted to see, see the fact that more people are coming to the website and I'm also getting mails from people asking me about subjects to do with training or coaching or even suggestions for the show. If you want to get in touch, please do so. Mark at trainingbusiness.com. You can click on subscribe or follow depending on the platform of choice you're using, such as Spotify or uh, Stitcher or iHeartRadio. There are so many podcast platforms out there. However you do it, please come back next Thursday when, of course, there will be a fresh episode of the Training Business Podcast. Until then, look after yourself. Bye for now. Thanks once more for listening to this episode of the trainingbusiness.com podcast. See you next time.